Hello and welcome to the History of Fun, where we explore the hidden backstories behind the things you love to do. My name is Russ Frustick, and I'm joined by Allegra Frank. Hello, Allegra. Hi. And Chris Plant. Hello, Hello. Chris. Welcome back. Um, Chris, you love Disney. I do. We've talked about this a little bit in video form, but your passion for Disney uh, is is great. It's huge. Allegra... <laughs> How do you feel about Disney? Uh, I think they are a huge, scary corporation <laughs> on their way to being a monopoly. Yeah. But The Lion King is a very good movie. Okay, so true. <laughs> so true. I think Disney is the definition of a problematic fave. <laughs> it's like they've done, they've created so many wonderful things. Walt Disney himself, uh, questionable at times, uh, to say the least. In Disney World, you know, I, I love the theme parks, and that's where they get most of their money, and that's something that we'll be talking about today, but they are entirely artifice. Like, if you think about it, for even a second, you are being tricked to, to have certain feelings about <laughs> a world that does not exist. Um, but you know what? What? That's just like the real world, man. Like, open your <laughs> eyes. Think about it. Okay, Dennis Hopper, thank you. Uh, Plant, you, you, you mentioned a park specifically. You're going to bring a park that I think most people, obviously people know Disney World. People know Disneyland. Maybe they know Le Disney Paris. Is that yeah, one of that them? that is how it's pronounced. Le, Le Disney, Disney Paris. <laughs> I don't think most people know about this park that you're going to bring. So, yeah, so fill so people in. I, I, I should just up front, I, you know, I always try to whet the appetite. But also, I, I want a, a little word of warning. This is a, a bit of a history lesson, as we normally do. It's also just a, a bit of a present lesson, um, because I have found something that, since so few people know it even exists, that I, I, will, I will be sharing about things that exist right now. But it will feel like history to you, because you just don't know that it's even real. Does that make sense? Yeah. Anyway. Yes, it will feel like history. Here's, here's how I'm going to whet your appetite. Imagine, close your eyes. Okay, your eyes are closed. Imagine Bioshock Infinite, okay? You're mm -hmm. in a floating Americana in the sky. Uh, beautiful, colorful. Now, subtract a lot of the uh, issues of race in, in the game and the sure. uh, problematic commentary um, on uh, both sides being wrong. Um, and now, put a volcano in it, okay? And add Mickey Mouse. Wait, in the town? Yes, a big volcano right in the middle of it. Okay, And sure. add Mickey Mouse. That is my experience of going to Tokyo Disney Sea, a real theme park that, despite what it sounds like, is not a water theme park. It oh. is a traditional theme park. You would think, uh, hey, I'm going to be uh, taking a lot of water slides today. False. You'd be very wrong, and you should be ashamed for being so confused. <laughs> Um, so, to be clear, it is spelled like S-E-A, correct? It is spelled D-I-S-N-S-E-A. It's Tokyo Disney, comma, S-E-E, question mark. Yes. So, Disney Sea. So, the idea is, it is the late 1990s. There is already a Disneyland in Tokyo. And it is huge. People love tokyo disneyland um largely people who live in in around tokyo in japan 
It, it is enormously popular. They are at capacity. They, they need something else. When um, was it introduced? Do you know when Tokyo Disney was first introduced by any chance? Uh, I don't. I believe it would be about 15 to 20 years before this. Oh, wow. Okay. So, it, so it, had been, it had been there for a while. Yeah. Um, so the, the people responsible for Tokyo Disneyland are like, hey, we need another park. Um, and this company called the Oriental Land Company partners with Disney in a 3.3 billion uh, yen venture. Oh, actually, sorry, that's that's not even close. I'll get to that, that in a second. Low. I'll get to the price. <laughs> they, they partner, that's the beginning. They, they partner with Disney, right? And they do something very interesting that Disney does not do um, outside of this. Uh, they license Disney. So... The Oriental Land Company is actually the owner. They're the people running uh, this theme park. They just have a, an agreement with Disney that is a very, very broad licensing agreement. It, it goes so far as it like they actually collaborate with Disney and Imagineers, the people who design things. But at the end sure. of the day, this park is not outright owned by Disney, which is huh. odd. But could could Disney like show up and be like, "Hey, that Mickey Mouse is not right. He's too scary," and reject oh, it? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. They, they, they still have a. I mean, as a licensee, they still have to like follow all the branding that Disney decides. Sure. Yeah. Um. So, 1998, Michael Eisner, then head of Disney, goes to Tokyo. They break ground on Tokyo Bay. Design leading up to this is four years of design just to get the general concept of the park. And then another three and a half years of construction, which I'm, do, does that sound like a lot to you or does that sound like a little? That's like almost 10 years. I don't know. That sounds like a lot. Uh, but but the actual construction in three years, you said three and a half years, three and a half years. I guess that's I mean, it's all like facades. It's not like they're actually build a volcano. Oh. empty in the middle oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh just you wait my friend maybe your, okay. your, your tune will change as we go on um thousands of designers engineers uh construction workers uh cost 335 billion yen uh, okay that sounds more right yeah yeah yen, yeah there we yen go. wise <laughs> it opens on september 4th 2001 um it is the ninth of what is now. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, look, look, we're not going to go into that too much. <laughs> I mean, I, I'd imagine it was a bit of a dampener on there. <laughs> One week later, <laughs> it's the ninth of twelve parks. It's in Japan. Okay, um, it is hundred and seventy-six acres. Forty million gallons of water are spread over twenty acres to create this. Um, but the water. Okay, is so only... there's water. So there, there is water. Um, and the, the, the way I would describe it for you is, so it's on Tokyo Bay, right? The entrance yes. is uh, like on the land. And then you, you enter through a, a large main street and you come to what looks like it's, a, an island volcano floating in the middle of the park surrounded by water. And then it's a, a circle shape around the park itself is circular around that mm. volcano. So, okay. No matter where you're at, you're always against water. Like, to the right of you, there is always that kind of volcano and the water that surrounds it, that it's floating in. Um, but on the other side of you is the ports, essentially. So mm. there are seven themed ports. The way yeah. that, like, if you went to Disneyland, there are, are these, you know, different... There's 
Fantasyland. Um, yeah, it's like Ep- Epcot or whatever. Sh- sure, sure. Um, so oh, wait, I, I want to ask. I want to yes. ask. Was there an island there before? No, no, they made that. So they like b- shipped in like landfill to they make shipped a, in a water tons island. Tons of well, the, it, actually, maybe the better way of thinking of it is they essentially dammed uh, Tokyo Harbor, oh, as far as I, I can see. understand, and then allowed that water in to surround it. Crazy. So, oh. Yeah, they're taking tons of water in from Tokyo Harbor. It's why I don't think this park could get made in the states anymore because like. You're, it's a major the, the, ecological the risk of pollution impact. would seem very yeah. high um yeah even though they keep it very clean uh okay seven water themed worlds um hold on to your hats because these are how many water themed worlds could, could there be uh so i'm glad you asked the first one and this is can i try so, to guess what them uh, sure you can guess, guess one and then i'll tell you one pirates no okay <laughs> now i'll tell mermaid. you one uh, Okay, yes, that is one. So we'll start with yeah. that one. Uh, cool. There is a Mermaid Lagoon. It is a indoor uh, kid-friendly facility, largely built around the Little Mermaid. And the exterior sure. is humongous and is a recreation of the Palace of King Triton from the Little Mermaid. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh. Yes. I, I played King Triton in a play. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. When wow. I was about seven years old. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, okay, so that was one. Now you get another guess. Do you have another guess? Um, another water one. Yeah, Atlantis. No, but oh. we'll get to that later because that's interesting. That you should make that point. Um, okay. So what the 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 first the main harbor that you enter through, you enter through a big main street that kind of looks almost like um a boardwalk back in back in the day when they had glass ceilings. I don't know if you know yeah. much about like. European boardwalks, especially like in the UK, they'd be these mm-hmm. less Main Street USA, more, I would say, European in nature. And then you exit that and you are in a Mediterranean harbor that is supposedly a one to one recreation of Portofino in Italy. Now, oh, wow. I don't want to brag, but I've been to Portofino. It is not quite one to one, but it is it is very impressive. Um, and because, the, you know, they're going for broke, there's this huge Portofino port that faces the volcano. Um, and then uh, connecting to that, they're like, hey, we still have a little bit of land. Let's build an entire Venetian canal. So wow. If, you, wow. if you exit that, there is a recreation of Venice with active gondolas and people like rowing through the canals. Okay, so there's that. That that's your like big entrance. Uh, okay, time time for another guess. Another another water based port. I would have guessed Venice as one of them, but Dang, now that's used. Yeah. Um, there's got to be like some kind of beach or something. Oh yeah, like a beach. Yeah, what about that? Mm, n- no, surprisingly no. No. Um, mm. I'll, I'll give you another one. There is a lost river delta. Uh, this is where you'll find Indiana, J- Indiana Jones oh. in the Adventure of the Crystal Skull ride. Oh, uh, my. So this is like a jungle cruise. This is kind of a yeah, jungle port. Um, okay. The, there's a, uh, a Raging Spirits roller coaster, a live show. Um, but this is where one of the weirdest and I think most interesting things about this park is. Uh, I'm trying to avoid stereotype here. But there is, uh, in Japanese culture, there's an interest in small detail. 
Um, so where you would go to like Disneyland America and there's like lots of like big signage. Uh, there's an obsession in this park with everything having some greater meaning or purpose or like intent of detail. So you'll come across a water. What's a, what do they call those planes that take off in the water? Water planes. Yeah, no. sure. Water hydroplanes. Hydro- you'll what? come across that. that. Like a water thing. <laughs> <laughs> and it will, it'll be wrecked. And it's like call number on the side of it will be C3PO. Like, Every single yeah, I think that's thing. a Disney thing, though. Eh, oh, okay, no? so the, the I'll, I'll, I'll give you another example. So uh, one of the the next port is the American Waterfront. It is a recreation mm. of essentially New York in 1910, 1920s. Oh, like a Coney Island thing? Uh, no, more like Lower East Side. What? <laughs> yeah, Manhattan. It is multiple square blocks of the city recreated. It has an active working uh, raised trolley that then exits what? this park and goes to other parks. This is where I'm getting into the Bioshock thing. Um, yeah. It has active transportation. So there are like buggies bouncing around the like cobblestone streets. It has a full working Broadway theater and it has <laughs> a bank, which is naturally run by Scrooge McDuck. And here's where you get into the, uh, the Tolkien or not Tolkien, uh, peter jackson's style of obsession to detail uh in front of the bank scrooge mcduck has spilled all of his coinage and each of the individual coins is marked and there are a variety of coin types wow it's like you just take his coins yeah you rob scrooge mcduck no you don't (laughs) do that if there's one thing you don't do is rob scrooge mcduck have you seen ducktales yeah god i think the beagle boys did it quite a number of times (laughs) Oh my god! And it worked out for them. <laughs> um, this is, I, I think, like a weird, interesting point on uh, DisneyTouristBlog.com, where we got some information for this episode. Um, is that here, it, Disney parks have always been interested in Americana, mm. and it, but it's always been this like weird small town USA thing that doesn't really feel like it ever existed or had a place. But you go to this park in Tokyo that is about like vaguely ports and they have largely recreated a version of New York that by no means is authentic, but is still gritty. Like they added like <laughs> artificial dirt to everything. Whoa. Um, wow. Yeah. And, and, and like, and again, like working trolley car, it, it feels like a place that like people actually live versus the like cliche Disney American thing, which is like, nobody lives here. It's just shops and you can go shopping and there's, there's Nickelodeon. Yeah, it was like a leave it to beaver uh, recreation of America. Whereas this sounds a little more grounded. Yeah. Yeah. A little more grounded. <laughs> this is also where their version of uh, twilight of terror or not twilight of terror tower of terror is. Um, of but course. <laughs> it's not inspired by the twilight zone. It is a standalone okay. idea, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you a little bit about it. Um, this is from the Wikipedia on, on this version of Tower of Terror. The storyline of the attraction is more complex than that of its American and European counterparts. I mean, low bar. Um, the scenario <laughs> involves the adventures of the hotel's famous builder and owner, Harrison Hightower III, who is modeled after Walt Disney Imagineering executive Joe Rohde, which, oh. deep cut. Um, uh, Harrison Hightower III went on many expeditions throughout the world and collected thousands of priceless artifacts. Most of these artifacts were stolen for personal gain and stored in his hotel. 
After one such expedition to Africa, he brought home an idol with the name of Shariki Utundu. I, I, I think you kind of get where this is going. Um, Hightower claimed that the natives were angry to have their beloved oh, god boy. taken and that they threatened that the idol would curse him. On New Year's Eesh. Eve 1899, Hightower held a press conference about his expedition to Africa, followed by a huge party. Hightower boasted about how he acquired the idol and denied claims of it being cursed. Just as he left the party, he mocked the idol, using its head to put out his cigar. Around midnight, <gasps> he entered the elevator to retire to his private apartments in the hotel penthouse. As the elevator neared the top, the idol came to life. The idol's immense rage and power caused the elevator to plummet and crash onto the ground floor. When the doors were pried open, only Hightower's hat and the idol were recovered. The hotel was abruptly closed and condemned for more than a decade, <laughs> rumored by locals to be haunted. In 1912, following pressure to demolish the hotel, oh God, a New York gone. restoration company <laughs> reopened it because of its historical significance. The company now offers paid tours of the building. It is uh, oh, weird writing it. it <laughs> this the, sounds the, like a movie. It is a movie. It, it, the story is very deep. It is very weird that... So, in the version of the ride, you are in the room, and the uh, uh, borderline offensive idol comes to life, and it's yeah. kind of Stitch esque. He's like playful, oh, he talks? Or like a gremlin. He like grumbles at you. Oh, okay. Um, it, it is it, very. It's strange. like Tower of Terror with the like the screen in front of you. Uh, no. Well, yes. There, there is a screen at one point, and then also like it opens the the full doors and you see out over the park and then you drop yeah um what i find really interesting about this is canonically they wrote it into the time period of that area of the park you're in because the park is in set in like the 1910s so like this isn't like you know so many rides where it's like oh well a long time ago this happened and now it's modern day because you're modern day in the park like it's so committed to the illusion that once you enter the American waterfront, that it's the 1910s, that the ride itself is canonically written to be written as if you are in the 1910s. Weird. It's, it's absurd. It's like all this like weird attention to detail that like, I just, it flabbergasts me. Whereas um, in America, it's just like, uh, yeah, there's like a ghost in the elevator. Does yeah. the ride like <laughs> convey this whole storyline? Like, yes, it does. It- it, yeah. And there's like a, there's like a long they're they're very um the park this park is very good at when you're waiting in line or online um there's tons of story elements throughout the entire thing this is the thing that Disney does normally but it's like an absurd amount of detail I'll get to that again in a second uh one other thing and this is a theme kind of like with the Mediterranean waterfront where they're like hey we spent all this money built this big waterfront oh also Venice so they did this with um with all of new york right recreated all it and then they're like oh by the way also we're gonna create a like borderline two scale front half of a classic uh 20th century cruise liner that you can go on and have food in and oh also we're gonna build a small recreation of cape cod with a working lighthouse and giant canneries that we use to store additional restaurants it is absurd Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna start like blasting through this so we can get to some of the history. Uh, there's also an Arabian coast, um, which has a 
Caravan Carousel, a double-decker carousel that holds 190 riders at once. What? Mm-hmm. And there is a Sinbad ride. It, it, Sinbad's uh, Storybook Voyage. It is a dark ride. Uh, it has 160 audio animatronic characters in a single ah! ride. It lasts roughly 11 minutes long. Um... <laughs> That is, to be clear, more than any other Disney attraction in terms of, like, sheer number of animatronics. Uh, one of them is, like, they're, they're of all shapes and sizes. Some of them are, like, it's a small world. One is a green giant that is roughly the size of two VW vans uh, stacked oh on top God. of each other. Um, it was meant to be popular with uh, basically local guests uh, versus, you know, like, Western tourists. Um, it was not at all. <laughs> Uh, it, <laughs> nobody wrote it. It was so unpopular that they had to completely redo it in 2007. They they you kept a lot of the animatronics. It went from being a kind of dark ride to cheery. They added a, a sidekick named Chandu the Tiger, who is wonderful. <laughs> He's magical. And a <sighs> song by Alan Minken. Wow. Alan wow. Minken wrote an entire song for an 11-minute ride. It's called. It was still eleven minutes. Yep. It's called "Compass <laughs> to Your Heart." Oh, that's very sweet. Um, and then the final two ports that are kind of like connected: Port of Discovery, which is on the back of that giant volcano, and it's very like Renaissance meets steampunk. Hmm. And essentially, built into the volcano itself is the mysterious island. So, uh. a lot of this is again going off of. What people, this is not official, but it's people's interpretations of Disney Sea. The idea of Disney Sea was there was fewer and fewer and fewer young people were going to Disney parks, and also like the Japanese population was getting older. So they wanted a park designed for an older population. So not as many kiddie rides. So for this, this giant center of the park, they didn't base it on Disney properties, they based it on Jules Verne. The the volcano is based off of Volcana, which is like a mm. volcano fort that appears in some of Burns work. Um, it the volcano itself is the largest man-made rock structure in Disney at a Disney park. It is 750,000 square feet of rock, oh 160 <laughs> feet tall. It uses 10 rocket burners um oh yeah it shoots flames 50 feet into the sky oh my um, god and incorporated into all of it is the victorian architecture it contains two rides um one is a dark ride uh those are like the ones that like um parts of the caribbean i yeah. completely botched the pronunciation space, space mountain right no 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 that's not like you're in the dark that's a roller coaster dark rides are like slow rides where you're oh. like moving around slowly and seeing things Oh. So they had that for 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, and they had a roller coaster-like ride for Journey to the Center of the Earth that has you, like, jutting around cabins. And at the very end, you come in contact with something that looks borderline like a monster from the video game Area 51, um, while flames are shot at your face. <laughs> awesome. It's, it's a lot. Um, wow. That, I, I mentioned earlier that um, the lines are very intricate here when you're waiting online for mystery or for journey to the center of the earth there are boxes like glass display boxes as if you're in a museum of all of the characters within journey to the center of the earth all their findings so it's like just filled with like 
hand-drawn sketchbooks, um, like puppets. It, it is absurd. So even though the ride itself is kind of like silly, by the time you get to it, you like essentially feel like you have gotten the gist of Journey to the Center of the Earth, and then you get on a roller coaster. Um, okay, I have to ask about the volcano really quick. Okay, is hit me. there lava? There is not lava because that would kill people. <laughs> um, yeah, how, how would you store the lava? I don't know. They're very in, into their detail. Sure, I thought sure. They might have a way. It's just fire. Um, but then, like the, it looks like the water is boiling at the bottom yeah. of the mm-hmm. volcano. So they do have that effect. Um, so yeah, so that is all of the lands that compose this holy cow giant theme park. Um, That's crazy. Now I'm I'm gonna get into. Uh, just general amenities uh they have a theme park or a hotel built into the park the mira costa is uh inside of the portofino port um and you can exit your hotel directly into the park uh which is unusual to say the least uh, they were I, yeah, I guess you need to take like a like a trolley or like one of those like monorails, shuttle, right? Yeah. To yeah. in the in the US uh Disney's. Yeah. They were worried about it kind of creating a sense of like have and have nots because you can literally oh, see these yeah. people looking out over the park. Um yeah. but it turns out people just like it. It, it kind of adds character. It makes the uh we, we talked about this earlier, it, it makes it look less like artifice and more lived in. Um yeah. which is like a nice surprise. Um, the food, because it is not owned by Disney, is uh, super cheap. You can actually go and like try a variety of foods. Um, in like American dollars, you can get things for like three, four bucks. Um, wow, they have nice. uh, mochi that looks like the aliens in Toy Story. There is a oh. Chandu tail that is made oh. that you're eating a poor tiger's tail. And tons and tons of popcorn. But the popcorn in the park is like a thing where you have a variety of flavors all over the park. People bring their own specialty Disney-approved popcorn containers, and they get refills for like a buck or two. And there's curry and caramel and all sorts of other more oddball flavors, depending on the season. Caramel popcorn is not oddball. (laughs) Listen, I said other flavors that are more oddball. Okay, fair enough. Oh my gosh. Um, (laughs) Tiger tail flavored. (laughs) There are fewer splashes uh, and like gaseous uh, sprays, I would say. Sometimes you go to like a Disney or any theme park and it's like, oh, there's rides where you get sprayed or you're in a random area and like Mm -hmm. air sprays at you. Um, they found pretty quickly that people like dressing up to go to the theme park, oh. uh, which would be very uncomfortable to get covered in water while you are wearing a tie. Mm. Um, so they pull back. Whoa, on wait, a lot wait, of wait, that. wait, wait, wait. I was thinking costumes. Yeah, like costumes. Oh. So people do dress up in costumes. People also dress up in like heels, uh, a nice dress, and yes, even a suit and tie. Wow. wow. Yeah. The other so thing fancy. that people like to do is they match. Matching is. Um, a huge fashion thing in general in um, Tokyo, but here, especially with like your friends, here they cater to that by essentially offering family lines. So when you go in to buy a shirt, it there are like variations of a print. So there'll be one that's like clearly like this one's for mom, this one's for dad, and this one's for baby boy, and this one's for baby daughter, and you all wear them together. Um, boyfriend and girlfriend, especially, uh, there's like. Mm-hmm. It felt like almost an expectation 
to do it to the point where uh, my wife and I went to Tokyo Disneyland, the other park there, the first day, and bought two shirts because we felt very out of place not wearing matchy matchy. Um, wow. Like, you so just, just walking around. Did and people think she was your mistress? Was that the problem? <laughs> yes, that was <laughs> probably the like, magic uh-oh. shirts. <laughs> how, how dare they? Um, they offer <laughs> pet babysitting at the pet club. Um, oh. And uh, they have a variety of transportation options. I already mentioned the gondolas, but because it is on the waterway, that gives them tons of uh, freedom to move people around. So they have the cars in the New York area. They have that railway. Uh, they also just have boats that ship people from like one corner of the park to the other. Um, and they have the star of the show, Duffy, the Disney bear. Have you ever heard of <laughs> Duffy? Duffy? Is it Duffy? Duffy the Disney Bear. Duffy the Disney Bear. I've never heard of Duffy. The origin story of Duffy the Disney Bear. What does he look like? He looks like the most generic teddy bear on the planet. Okay, go. (laughs) Minnie Mouse created Duffy because she had a long voyage at sea coming. That's the backstory. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sure, she wanted a teddy bear. That's fine. Sure. Reasonable. There's also a, a other backstory that it's possible that D- Mickey Mouse himself went to the Disney parks with Duffy the teddy bear, and he was so lonely, and he asked uh, Tinkerbell, essentially, to, to have a real friend, and then Duffy came alive. One problem with this story, yo, if you're Mickey Mouse and you're at Disneyland, you are not lonely. You, everybody's <laughs> like, hey, do I know you? Are you Mickey Mouse? No, but you know how it is with famous people, exactly. and they're That's like, "True, you they're know, the loneliest ones." Exactly, That's so true. Lo- That's true. Mickey has so much depression. <laughs> One is the loneliest number, and Mickey is the loneliest mouse. Um, so does original- Duffy, Duffy talk? Is Duffy alive? Well, I, I'm going to tell you. Okay, Duffy was originally created for the Disney World Once Upon a Toy Shop storefront. I've also heard that he was created for Big Red Boat in the Disney Cruise Line, mm-hmm. which lends a yep. lot more to that Minnie Mouse story. Anyway, nobody cared about him at all. Sure. Like, people in America were like, yo, that's just a bear. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but we're surrounded by talking other animals, and that's just a bear, so we we're, don't We're not care. regressing here. <laughs> but then the, uh, the Oriental Land Company saw this, and they were like, now you are speaking our language. This is our jam. We are going to dedicate entire shops to Duffy. We are going to make Duffy inescapable. And they were very smart because the Japanese audience immediately clicked with it. it he, Duffy became the biggest thing. And a lot of that was because people would get Duffy. Then they would bring him to the park every time they went. And they would take photos of the park with Duffy in it. Oh, uh, yeah. Sort of like it's a like, flat um, Stanley. Flat Stanley, right? Mm. Yeah. That's um, weird. So, yeah. So, that's, that is all that. I have one final surprise. There hasn't been a ton of Ugh. history. So, I wanted to make sure that we have, like, one big chunk of history. And sure. here it is. This park was supposed to be in Southern California. What? Whoa. It was designed as a second theme park that would be in Long Beach. <laughs> In the early wow. 1990s. And it got relatively far. Um, it, would have been, it was going to be called Port Disney. It was going to be an entire huge like complex. And Disney Sea would be the theme park in Port Disney. Sure. Oceana would have been its center. Uh, it would have been a construction of futuristic bubbles. 
that would ensconce a two-story, like, state-of-the-art aquarium, and it would focus on learning about aquatic life. Um, Mm. It would also have a future research center, which uh, would be like, here's what researching aquatic life will look like in the 21st century it was yeah, very similar and it gets to, outdated in like a minute <laughs> yeah you will yeah like it, it i imagine it would have ended up having the similar problems that the living sea and living land pavilions have at epcot which is like if you yeah. go to them now they're like there's this new thing called gmos they're gonna change <laughs> the way we think about food um cans are like food for the earth throw them everywhere <laughs> um and if you think about it like it makes a lot of sense that they would be into this because in the early 1990s, SeaWorld is still, like, a big thing. Yeah, like, it was, this is pre-Blackfish. Yeah, it was probably one of the bigger competitors for Disney. Uh, of course, they would, like, want to get in on this. They were also, you know, very into this educational thing. Epcot had gone very well. Um, it would have had similar things to Tokyo Disney Sea. Its version of, of Mysterious Island would have been the Lost City of Atlantis. As as Freshik mentioned sure. earlier, yes, um, it would have had a uh, Nemo lava cruiser. Nemo, as in the captain of the mm-hmm. ship, not, not to be confused fish. with other not Nemo. the fish. Yeah, and it would have had an exploration area like Pirate Island. Uh, it would have had a Heroes Harbor, which would have had rides inspired by Sinbad, but also Ulysses. Oh. Which <laughs> not sure how that would have worked. Um, would have been a I mean, little so much. Mean Charybdis, uh, Cyclops. There's plenty of things to go into. Sure. The kid's favorite. Um, it would have also had a, a boardwalk, but it would have been built around the RMS Queen Mary, an actual <gasps> historic I've been there. cruise liner. Uh, did you know that Walt Disney Company owned the RMS Queen Mary for a grip in the 1990s? I probably was there when they owned it because it was the most terrifying experience of my life. Yeah. Because <laughs> many people died when making that boat and they have a haunted cruise line and you walk through and creepy people in like 1910 garb pop out of doors and it scared the ah. hell out of me. Yeah, I can't imagine why they wanted to get rid of it. But they, they, <laughs> uh, they essentially accidentally bought this cruise liner, this historic cruise liner, because it was owned by a holding company that owned the original hotel at Disneyland. Uh, oh, yeah. And they wanted that hotel, and they got a cruise liner as part of the deal. And they're like, well, we already have it. Let's build a park around it. The weird thing is Tokyo Disney Sea saw these plans, and rather than like look at it and be like, oh, yeah, they, just, they only did that because they needed to like, find a way to use that ship, their, their read on it was, we should build a ship, <laughs> um, which is certainly one way of taking it. Um, Eventually, like about a year and a half into this, um, Disney put the kibosh on it. They went with a plan that was called Westcott. It was going to be like Epcot on the West Coast. Uh, and that itself also fell through because... Uh, Everyone hates Epcot. Well, no, Euro Disney was not a great investment, oh, which brings us yeah. all the way back to Disney Paris. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they, they had this idea, and this has actually been kind of a thing with, like, the modern history of Disney parks, is they build up a big idea, they decide not to do it, and then later on they're like, oh, yeah, we should actually use all that, like, raw material that we have sure. and put it somewhere else. So the Oriental Land Company essentially took a lot of that idea to make Tokyo Disney Sea. Small Very quick resourceful. Fact, yeah. They were going to make a, another Americana one uh, near Washington, D.C. that also... Did not work. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> what a miserable place to put a theme park. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
the the final final fun final bits uh some upcoming additions to the park uh they're adding a fanciful version of the ride soren it will be like a leonardo da vinci inspired it looks like they're adding oh. a frozen uh scandinavian port which uh <laughs> is the new thing with disney uh every park has to now be built around its core properties um yes. and they think that they're going to build a third park because once again Donald. too much interest they are selling out when you buy tickets for these parks you have to reserve your spot you can't just like go up and buy a ticket um and the third park will be based on japan <laughs> you will what? go to a theme park in japan inspired by japan you visit like Tokyo inside Tokyo. Extreme recreations of the city you just traveled it, you from to the park. It sounds like the first time I heard this, I thought that sounded very silly. But then I thought about it. That's just Disneyland in America. Like Disneyland yeah. is like very, very broadly. They're like Frontierland. Sure. American Frontier. Main Street USA. Uh, Fantasyland. Not so much. Yeah, but Disneyland doesn't have, well, Disneyland specifically doesn't have, like, a Hollywood area. It does have California Adventure. It actually does, but they're trying to kill it. In Disney World, (laughs) there was a, like, MGM Hollywood thing, and now they're like, Well, that's world. Sure. I mean, that's that's in Florida. It'd be weird to have, like, you know, here's uh, the Walk of Fame, like, two, you know, 20 miles away from the actual Walk of Fame. (laughs) Wait, actually, no, they do. It's called California (laughs) Adventures. And it's exactly. right across the street. Okay. Yeah, it's so weird. So I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Literally, they have a separate park called California Adventures yeah. in California. Uh, so that's it. I, I, I know, a weird episode, but it's a weird thing that brings me I think tremendous joy that I, I, I wish more people knew about because it's such a wonderful, oddball thing. And as Disney becomes more of this giant corporate machine that like exists purely to push its same properties as like the theme parks get kind of erased and turned into like tower of terror is now the guardians of the galaxy ride um Mm -hmm. parts of the caribbean has johnny depp on it as all that happens it brings me joy that there is a disney somewhere in the world that isn't quite owned by disney that is just doing this weird thing that is only like tangentially related to Disney, but has all the resources that make Disney great. Um, quick credits. Um, I mentioned the uh, DisneyTouristBlog.com. Um, Travel Channel's Travel Channel Secrets. <laughs> which, I, good luck finding that episode anywhere. Um, and uh, just the general Wikipedia that linked out to gobs of uh, essentially business sheets from Disney itself. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that's it. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Yeah, I want to go now. Let's I'm do sure it. It's very easy to get to. Let's do yeah. it. Let's go now. Um, thank you all uh, at home for listening. Thank you, Plant, for the very well-researched uh, and personally experienced Disney Sea exploration. Um, and uh, thank you to you at home. This has been the History of Fun, where we explore the hidden backstories behind the things you love to do. Farewell. Thank you.